0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Splash Play. We are transitioning into our off-season content. We got J.J. Watt to the Cardinals. We have our first edition of
1: Show and & Tell in and his spags, now a top-shotter. I'll never be able to catch up to what Pete's done, but I am in the top-shot streets along, all of you guys. Excited to talk about J.J. Watt. we also got some NFL off-season rumors and innuendos to hit on. So, Pete, let's get the intro, and let's get right to it on this week's Splash Play. What is up, guys? Welcome to another edition of Splash Play, where we are digging deep into the offseason. All the NFL content and news that you need to know, in addition to some fun things here, including our first edition of Show & Tell. But I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by a man who, for finally, I feel like the first time in months, will have a little time to himself in the upcoming week. He's Peter Overzet. How are you doing, Pete? Yes, I will be
0: going on a a bit of a content hiatus here starting uh, Thursday afternoon going on a little road trip with my wife it is time for me to unplug for the
1: first time in about a year spags did this actually did you deliberately coincide this with there not being any pack releases for top shot and and the nba being off cuz i know for you like you're not doing nba content every day but you're so heavy in top shot now i could easily see you planning around that yeah i know
0: uh kitchen and the swolecast guys were asking me that too if i had like planned this before all the top shot stuff happened we actually planned it uh post top shot. Uh, But we had known we had wanted to do something. And it's just like uh, my wife had started a new job. There's just never a good time uh, to do it. And whatever. I just need to to pull the bandaid off. It doesn't seem ideal, like you said, to be taking time off right now. But I also, having taken breaks before, I know how important they are. So I need to come
1: back, recharge the batteries, and then we'll be able to let it rip throughout the summer the mental health always a key part here. So no show next week as peak. So he can hopefully re-energize himself, come back feeling fresh for all the shows he's doing here. And the week after we're going to do our NFL free agency role play. We're going to make moves as if we're the GMs of all the key teams. And I think that's like, we, can we do a simulcast? Is that what we're going to do for this one? We're going to put it on your channel, or at least it's definitely going to be on your channel. And we maybe do clips on this channel. We haven't fully figured it out, but I think this is going to be the first transition for the off season. And then we'll come back for the main football shows here every Single week.
0: Yeah, I think the thought process is you know, we're going to convert Spags into a top shotter, and we're going to convert a lot of the top shotters from my YouTube channel into splash play fans. So, you know,
1: everyone's got to meet in the middle. Yeah, so we'll be doing that. Keep your eyes peeled here. And, and also, you know, follow both channels. Pete's channel also linked in the Splash Play recommended channel. So make sure you are subscribed to both. And we'll be doing that after. Uh, again, next week, no show. The week after, we'll be back. I think it looks like the Tuesday. It'll be we'll be doing the the deep dive into free agency and hopefully having some fun putting on all of our GM hats. We could even be the, the chaplain from the Texans if we want, Pete. I feel like that's going to be lots of character development that we could potentially do there. Yeah, I'm getting it. I'm getting
0: excited about it. I went on. Ian Harditz, uh, pro football focus show during the season, it was like 10 questions. And one of the questions was if you could be one person in the NFL, who would you be? And I said, the kicker for the Miami dolphins, Jason Sanders, I got a lot of blowback for that, but I feel like this role play activity is going to really allow us to be whoever we want.
1: Finally, and and we can also introduce it to our wives and girlfriends as well. If, if my girlfriends ever wanted to hook up with the GM of the Jets, finally, we can make that one happen. Well, let's talk about the offseason news. And, of course, make sure you're following at Splash Play Pod. We do put some clips out. We have whenever there's a show coming on, we're promoting that in as much notice as we can. So make sure to follow that on Twitter and Instagram at Splash Play Pod. And we'll also follow you back. So that's one way to boost your follower count. In addition to supporting uh, everybody's favorite fantasy football podcast, I would say. And also make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and giving us five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts. We need them during this off-season period now more than ever as we get weird with things, in addition to talking about all the NFL news. So help this show out. Give us some love on all those platforms. The big off-season news, Pete, that broke right before the show. J.J. Watt signs with the Cardinals, two years, $33 million, $23 million of which is guaranteed. And of course, he announced it via his own social media after posting his Peloton bio and saying that SB56, Green Bay, Cleveland, Buffalo instead he went to the Cardinals and classic JJ Watt and Pete the question I'm going to ask you before we talk about the football part do you like JJ Watt now where we stand on him because I feel like there was a stretch where we all were tired of him we all hated of him hated him and now I think he's done some good things locally in Houston certainly a charitable guy and I feel like now the public likes him but I gotta say I found the announcement uh, the announcement that he put out today kind of annoying
0: yeah he's an interesting use case because I think Like, pre his, like, more expanded social media presence, everyone thought of him as just kind of the typical meathead jock, whatever. And then I think it probably dovetails a little bit with him becoming part of the um uh what's the barstool podcast i'm not being intentionally pardon my take pardon my take being yeah. part of like the pardon my take universe has helped like his likability mixing it up he seems to have a level of self-awareness on twitter that i've come to appreciate so i have done i guess uh maybe not quite a full 180 but maybe like a 100 degree turn on uh jj watt and i uh, yeah i kind of like him these days
1: I like him. I think the thing with him is that to me, he's sort of the embodiment of what a a lot of people accuse LeBron of, of just like kind of doing things to Curry fan favor, doing things to, uh, you know, come off like the cool guy, like the funny guy. And he is just a big, uh, meaty dumbass (laughs) for the most part, but you know, like a great football player, certainly a great pickup for the Cardinals. But I think for me, I'm, I'm airing a little bit on the side of not enjoying him too much, but like, I feel like when a guy does a certain amount of charitable endeavors, I'm just like, well, I can't really hate him, hate him. Like I might normally, but like this photo source me and then and then Adam Schefter posts his like oh source JJ Watt he's signing with the Cardinals like it's just classic JJ so, in a way that oh, I hate it. Here's the question. So this is and I know this is getting into the weeds of like
0: self-aware content creation and what levels of irony we're working with here. So like the the text source me like that's kind of cute uh you know Adam Schefter who's the source. Um do you think the like serious face Do you think he's actually serious or he's like ironically being like serious, like I'm lifting right now? Because that's a big distinction for me.
1: I feel like for him, he took this photo where he's like, he's probably doing his sets though. Honestly, not a lot of sweat build up there. So it's gotta be early in his routine, whatever he's doing today. But I feel like he took like five to 10 different takes of that, where he's doing like that face or like some other like real angry face. But I, he was definitely doing like he, this wasn't mid set. Like this wasn't then doing an action photo of him. I feel like it was definitely one where he's like, all right, I'm going to do my workout here. I'm glad to be here in the Cardinals gym. Great to meet you guys. And but then way, he's also has to get the perfect photo off first and probably nobody else can even work out until he gets his perfect photo. (laughs) Well, to me, the photo would be so much better if he's just like winking, you know, or
0: just like smiling. Like you get it, you get it. Uh, Like, it's like, we don't need this. We don't need the serious photo here.
1: Yeah, I feel like I don't know. It's just he's trying to look kind of sexy but grizzled at the same time. Like there's definitely some vibes he's going. And, you know, Instagram people have proven that it's all about the aesthetic of the photo, fine aesthetic photo. I think it's funny too, you can't even see how much weight he's putting up. Like he could just be doing a little twenty-five pound warm-up set and or squatting seven hundred fifty pounds, and you wouldn't know <laughs> if it's just all about his face and getting the Cardinals logo in. Hang
0: on, one other kind of meta thing I need to get your thoughts on. I've been bullied by people on the internet that I need to switch to dark mode when I do my screen shares. I am test driving dark mode on a few of my apps
1: are you are you a light mode or dark mode guy so i usually go dark mode for most things just because i know it's supposed to be easier on the eyes um and i feel like given the amount of screen time we have i know in like recent weeks i might mention to some one of our episodes where i was starting to get a little bit of a twitch in my right eye which didn't feel like the best thing in the world and that's certainly going to come playing more basketball looking at spreadsheets all day like i have to do uh, both for my own personal playing and for work um but i like dark mode i feel like dark mode is supposed to be better i don't know what the logic is why it's better but I feel like you're probably saving some uh, 1% shot at eye cancer or whatever we're going to get when we're all 50 years old. So my thing uh, now, I'm literally maybe like three or four days into it. And what
0: kind of helped me is Discord. It kind of defaults to the dark mode. So I've gotten a little more used to it. But I like on the Discord, it's more like of a, a gray. And like I'm trying it out on Gmail and it's really dark. And I, I I don't know if it's quite for me. So I
1: need I need like a tonal. I need to slowly ease my way into it. There was some app I used to use that was like uh, it would change based upon what time of day it was because there's some sort of theory. I forget what it was called, but it was like basically just an add on free app that would dim your screen relative to like nighttime. And I guess that's supposed to help you out, too. So I'm sure that there's some actual benefits to it. And I, I'm, I'm going to choose to believe. But I also feel like the light mode doesn't look as good on a screen. Like it feels like we have like a real premium shot of the Twitter feed now, whereas if it were light mode, we would just be a couple scumbags looking at social media, not wanting to do content.
0: Yeah, it's true. Um, I'm I'm trying to boost my street cred. It was like, for a while, you know, the thing with Twitter, if someone posts a screenshot and if your battery is like, you know, sub 10%, everyone only replies, charge your battery. I've now gone through that with screenshots where people will be like, dude, use dark mode. So I'm just like, okay, if I
1: can I'll go to dark mode, if you stop replying to my tweets with go to dark mode, it's a win-win it's funny because like this is a complete tangent too but related to dark mode where one of the first things that we did when i went over to barstool and initially over there was like working behind the scenes and then started doing content about three months into my my term there my my tour of duty over at barstool and one of the things i thought was important back then and i don't know if it's the case now but it was sort of what it was across the industry was having a site with like a white background with lighter color schemes sort of made you look more mainstream and their site at that point was like mostly darker color schemes and it kind of looked like a porn basement kind of site i felt like <laughs> (laughs) in a way that wasn't you know like you could have the content be edgy you could have the content be all that but i did feel like brightening it up was one of the first things that we did and it's weird because now the industry's gone the other way where everybody wants it to be dark because it's you know the eyes because it's also a design trend but i just think it's funny that like it's gone full circle where like you would be like a scumbag site if you had dark mode twitter back then and now it's like oh yeah you gotta have dark mode like what are you a piece of shit you don't have dark mode
0: yeah yeah all the graphic designers have become real snobby with it but (laughs) i i was like i was so i felt like i wanted to um back up my stubbornness with it. So I was actually researching, uh, you know, the benefits for eyes. I was like, can I find some article to debunk this and that it's not even that big of a difference? I couldn't find one. So I was like, all right,
1: whatever. <laughs> all right, you win this round just because I can't <laughs> yeah. find evidence to prove the <laughs> yes. evidence that you have is wrong. <laughs> Isn't
0: Normally there's like an article on the other side of everything. So I was like, surely I could find one that says studies say it's all the same.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't even some SEO clickbait out there, like (laughs) dark modes for losers. I was going to say dark modes for the Q word, which (laughs) really would not be. But that would be not the greatest SEO. Spags, now we know if we need to do an SEO grab, it's... um why uh,
0: dark mode isn't that great for you? And then it's just a link to our splash play content right there.
1: <laughs> Honestly, we need, we should, we have the off season now. We could do some troll SEO, see if it yields some benefits. We do have the the website that we don't really update enough or that I don't update enough because um, who, who cares? <laughs> That's the main thing. Um, the one thing I have to say for JJ Watt to close the loop on it, the fact that he put on his Peloton bio and I have to give him credit. I know Pete, you're not a Peloton guy or at least you've never done it even at a gym, right? Like at a public one? No, I've done, um,
0: I've taken a couple soul cycle classes before, but I've, I haven't experienced a Peloton.
1: The soul cycle have the thing where it's like wattage based where like your output is based like on, you know, how much you're turning the wheel, how fast, and then whatever the resistance level is. Cause it's like the Watts thing is huge for Peloton, but I don't know if it would be as huge for the other classes.
0: No, I don't think they had that when
1: I did it. So his, so this is another JJ watt thing. His Peloton name was KJ watt to be like kilojoules watt to indicate power and he's Watts. And I was like, okay, first of all, it's annoying, but more clever than I would have thought for him. The bio on there had Green Bay, Cleveland, Buffalo, you know, for as likable as JJ Watt might be, if you're a fan of one of those three teams who are all making big money offers for him, who are all in on him, I feel like that's, you gotta be pretty mad at him. Like, he's from Wisconsin and he had Green Bay on there and he kind of dicks him around in in a classic uh, LeBron situation when he first left Cleveland. Like, I'd be pretty heated if I were a Green Bay fan and JJ's teasing it and then he just goes to Arizona.
0: Yeah, Um. He and he was from, yeah, being from there. So I was going to say, like, you know, some of these guys, they don't want to go back to the cold, right? I mean, Arizona sounds pretty attractive, returns to his teammate. DeAndre Hopkins, wasn't there a coach tie-in there as well he was returning to on the Cardinals staff?
1: I, something like, I haven't looked too deep so far, yeah. but yeah, I think that sounds right.
0: It's just funny that the... Uh, the Texans are now like the equivalent of a minor league baseball team where they just like are a farm system for all of these other uh, NFL teams. And they're like, yeah, you take our good players. Uh, we don't want them
1: anymore. I think I also saw uh, they let Duke Johnson go, right? Yeah, that was I have actually on our news items. I guess we could talk a little more Houston. I didn't I didn't anticipate having so much Texans news, at least until they trade Sean Watson. But yeah, they cut Duke Johnson, uh, JJ Watt out of town. And I feel like the Duke Johnson thing isn't big news for if you're a regular football fan. I feel like those people probably don't care at all about Duke Johnson being gone. But if guys like us who played fantasy for so long, all of you guys out there and ladies as well um, who have played fantasy for years, I, it's just kind of sad to see a guy who we've all held in some degree of esteem and been like, yeah, you should get more touches and he got more touches this year and then really wasn't as good as, as David Johnson was and now he's just released and I'm sure he'll land somewhere, but a kind of a sad end to Duke Johnson's Texans career that seemed like it had such hope.
0: Yeah. He, I mean, he has been, you know, for people who play fantasy, he has been the forever tease. Like I even remember him coming out of the university of Ma- Miami. You know, I was a film grinder, uh, back then for a little bit, watching some of his highlights. And, uh, he was a super, super exciting guy. I remembered grabbing him in all of my dynasty drafts and just been one of those guys that have never lived up to the potential. And I think what's so weird about it is we still don't have like the full answer. You know, I think based on how, Um, unwilling coaches have been to give him a lot of touches. Maybe there is something there that's reflective of his actual talent, but it still feels like, can we just see it, like, for, like, more than two games in a row, him get
1: 15-plus touches? I just felt like we saw it this year and it just wasn't that great. And I think that was what I'll always remember is like, well, we got our chance and, and it's still, you know, small sample size stuff. Like kind of like my, my good friend, PJ Walker, I say good friend because I assume he knows that I'm supporting him wherever he may go in life, but he had the one game where he threw two picks in the end zone. And it's like, that could be all the NFL that he ever plays. And that's sort of it. And he, maybe if he had, he had, those two touchdowns and won the game maybe he's more in play and I think that's sort of what Duke Johnson's career is where we never saw the full opportunity he got it for a few games this year and then it was for a Texans team that clearly wasn't that great um so I think it's sad but uh, you can always root for these guys like I'm sure if he goes somewhere else Duke Johnson will still have some fans and I think who will be rooting for him but the window seems like it gets smaller year by year for sure for NFL players and if we haven't seen the great Duke Johnson I don't know that we ever will
0: Yeah. And I mean, the other thing I think you can say is I wouldn't call either Cleveland or Houston, uh, very creative as far as like their play callers and their systems. Uh, you know, like I have no doubt if say Duke Johnson was one of Kyle Shanahan's, you know, four running backs that he would find some pretty creative ways to use him. Uh, so yeah, maybe, yeah, the more I think about it, I I'm still hopeful if he lands somewhere with
1: a creative OC, maybe we could see his potential. Yeah, I mean he could definitely have some some weeks of usefulness, and hopefully he does find a regular role because we've all we've all crushed him long enough here. That'll just be sad if the NFL decides that we're all collectively wrong and been rooting for the wrong things. Some big news, which I think is interesting, and I think it's one where if you read the ESPN article, you could see who's uh, that both sides I think are leaking their agenda. But Russell Wilson has not demanded a trade, but has told Seattle he's willing to waive his no trade clause to go to Dallas, New Orleans, Las Vegas, or Chicago. Uh, Pete, I'm sure you've seen some of the news items here and you know we only have four locations that are in the mix but uh before I give my take I'll, I'm curious what you're thinking here if you could choose one of these four teams for Russ to go to with Dallas the Saints the Raiders or the Bears which one would you want to see him go to
0: gosh um say say those first two again Saints Bears Saints Bears Cowboys Raiders um well I want Dak to stay in Dallas um I I think the Saints would be fun um I think he would fit right in and basically be like a rocked up version of of Drew Brees in that offense and I think um Sean Payton would actually get the most out of him uh yeah so playing on the fast track there in the dome pretty easy division lots of shootouts on tap good weapons
1: uh I would be excited for that one cam jordan uh from the saints i think had said something and i, I forgot what podcast it was well actually it might have been one that uh the company that had uh briefly hired me and then unhired me vegas insider they have a podcast Is <laughs> morton anderson uh doing the um doing it's like a podcast where he uses because he's in the hall of fame and basically if you have the hall of fame if you're a hall of fame member you have a whole rolodex so he just gets guests from the hall of fame list i'm um, just I, I don't even know if i should be saying this out loud because that was something they definitely re- had told me when i was getting hired uh but he does get like good guests on that show even though they have as many followers as we do on splash play so take that people who don't give me money. But uh he did have Cam Jordan. <laughs> and- <laughs> this is turning into a, a therapy <laughs> session. Just talk talk through it, Specs. It's off season. We gotta get it all out. <laughs> But Cam Jordan, um, I think said on that podcast. I just saw the clip on social media. I'm not fo- I'm not hate following that closely, uh, but he had said that uh, I think Sean Payton told them that Jameis Winston's up next, and that's how they're operating. So it's not a Taysom thing. And obviously, you know, it's Cam Jordan talking, maybe out of pocket. So who knows how that moves around? But I I don't want Russell to interfere with Jameis's shot at the glory again because nobody else wanted to bring him on. So I want I want him to stay away from Jameis's meat here, stay away from his crab legs, so to speak. Um, I want Jameis to get his shot in New Orleans. So I don't know approve of that one pete that would be pretty
0: hilarious for the saints if they went from um you know we don't want to play Jameis winston over like drew Brees, whose arm is falling off and Taysom hill but we also can't trade for russell wilson because we have javis winston <laughs> like yeah. i don't know if that logic all tracks
1: you're you're right. And there were also some videos that came out this week of Drew Brees working out. And I guess Saints fans were taken to Twitter to be like, no, don't come back, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> I, also, I love the implication, too, of like, even when Drew,
0: like if Drew retires, he's supposed to never work out and just become super fat. Like Drew can't continue to work out. It means he's coming back to the team.
1: Yeah, I I mean, he's he was doing like sled pushing. So I feel like you're only doing I don't even know why he'd be doing sled pushing normally. Anyway, I've done sled pushing at my gym before
0: spags and uh, I don't have
1: any NFL aspirations. I, you say that now but if if the fan controlled football league came calling you'd be there in a heartbeat god yeah i mean
0: i would i would uh ape into uh the pft commenter bit as like a kicker or uh you know long snapper my grandpa when i was younger uh he was a huge football fan and he always told me he's like you should become a long snapper. He's like, no one ever specializes in it. Um, so, you know, the levels, uh, the barriers to get there, uh, are not that high. And he's like, we just have to make sure you're built for it. And I was like, grandpa, I, I don't think I'm built for it to be a long snapper, but that was always his dream for me. So maybe I could, I
1: could make him proud. You still got to be a good six three two fifty. 50. I feel like to be a long snapper, but it is a cushy job because they can't even make contact with you while you're snapping. Yeah, I know. It sounds great. Actually. So the trade that I think sounds the best, and I know you mentioned you don't want Dak to leave the Cowboys, but I do think if they don't want to pay Dak for whatever reasons they may be, and certainly this season, I think, uh, prove that they would pay Dak. But Russell Wilson getting a clean start in Dallas and being able to you know, be the star dictating all the moves there as much as one can. I think Jerry Jones, like he's not a guy who's going to listen to Football personnel, people, or anybody who's actually smart and good at football, but he would listen to Russell Wilson. I feel like if he came in and then Seattle getting Dak back, getting a shot at him, you know, being a superstar for them after coming off an injury, I think that makes the most sense to me more than like Seattle taking Derek Carr, or even the Vegas giving up Derek Carr now. Like you'd obviously do that trade in a heartbeat if you're the Raiders, but I think if you're Dallas, you know, getting the clean slate and both teams win out of that trade, I, I wouldn't hate it for either side, even though I still think Russell does have a higher chance of staying in Seattle just because it's hard to give up a guy like that has been facing your franchise for a decade now
0: yeah i can't even uh i haven't been on let's say nfl twitter in a while i mean our is seahawks nation they have one of the best twitter kind of fan communities they have to be losing their mind over these russ rumors like i can't even imagine i mean for them to squander the opportunity to not have not only have russ but to then not even unleash him and then to let him go i would be tilting my mind off
1: yeah, it's one of those things where if they do trade him and then somebody does let Russ cook, and that was something in the ESPN article, too, where they're like, Wilson was pushing for more action, and then Pete Carroll down the stretch decided they were going to run the ball more and publicly declared it, and then it did happen. And it just seems like his camp's probably not the happiest because he looked great when they were letting him throw it around, even though the team, uh, too, you know to whatever it's worth, was not winning as much after that early, uh, pretty solid start by them. I I get it. I just, you know, there's, I think for them, if they can get another star QB in and, you know, I think the bears fans, I'm sure would love to have Russ, but like, what do the bears have to give up there really? Besides I guess draft capital. Like I don't think Seattle going with Mitch Trubisky there, getting him back in a trade would be the most thrilling thing for Seahawks fans.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. I just, I think with these, the elite franchise quarterbacks are, are just so rare and hard to come by. That are young, that are mobile, that are elite. Uh, and I just can't imagine either Seattle or Dallas letting Dak or Russ go. Uh, it just, I don't, I know there's all kinds of different factors to it, but it's like you just need to do what you can to lock those guys up
1: yeah and uh, make make Russ feel happy whoever I guess whoever has him, whether it be Seattle whether it be one of these other teams because uh, that's a guy who's still got probably another good 10 years in him, based on what we've seen of recent QBs Um, one other offseason news item which I put in here just to kind of have some uh, I thought it was interesting that Johnny Manziel and Josh Gordon are teaming up again in the fan controlled football league this is I guess why they're top of mind for me uh, for a team called the Zappers who is apparently owned by Bob Mennery the guy who did the sports (laughs) where he's like cursing and whatever and now he's a big enough name that he can own a, a fledgling startup football team and we can talk about the manzel and josh gordon part but pete i feel like you're well equipped to handle like why are you not getting the fcf ownership call up because i feel like if bob Menery could do it like he's got more instagram followers whatever but you're not in terms of quality content i feel like you'd be right there with old with old bob and his fucking cursing shit. well it's I, funny I,
0: you say that because i uh, my my club top shot co-host jack settlement is one of the owners of one of the other ones the wild horses or something he's been doing these twitch streams uh about it and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy for them. You know, Bob Menry, the first, you know, we, they talk about player coaches, you know, he might the first, uh, broadcast announcer slash owner, uh, of the team. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy for all of them. You know, if someone wants to allow me to fractionally invest in their, you know, football team, although I would prefer it to be XFL, I'd like to own a little sliver of, uh, you know, the Houston Roughnecks, I think
1: how we need so like the xfl supposedly comes back next year and now it's being run by the rock and his uh his ex-wife who's um one of the first female league owners ever but i think we need to start our politicking now like a we need to build the podcast up build your channel up build up the splash play channel all these things to make sure that we're ready but like i think we have to start really game planning now if we're going to try to position ourselves to be influencers of note for the xfl because i missed that boat the first time they were back and i felt like i you know i feel like i was close enough there but i think we have a shot at getting in the mix for the XFL. Like if we miss out for fan control football, but get the XFL, I think that's a really big net win for us. Yeah,
0: I would be, that would be massive. That would be massive. And I did actually have, uh, a friend of a friend who was, uh, affiliated with some XFL, uh, media content too. So maybe, maybe if they all get, uh, back in the door, I don't know how that works with it dissolving and then coming back together. Um, I, I think we could, I think we can make something happen.
1: Yeah. I know the social media guy who I used to know who's uh, also worked at Barstool when I was there was like an intern or something. Um, He was one of the guys that got unceremoniously fired. And like, I feel like everybody on that, like they're starting, I think from square one for the most part, other than one or two employees, but I'm ready to be back. You know, the rock, how could he go wrong? I think is the main thing. And actually I don't like his tequila that much. I will say that I had that once the Terra Mana tequila, I think is what it's called. And honestly could be better. Yeah. I mean, I think
0: that's fair. Uh, You know, you might've just ruined one of the most logical sponsors for our XFL branded show, but uh, you know, you gotta, it has to be organic. You have to truly
1: love the product to be able to endorse it. That's right. And that's, I. that's really the thing is like, yeah, I could suck up to the rock and be like, Oh, your tequila is so great. I love your energy drink, <laughs> but you know what? You got to win me over. That's the credibility you get. If you have splash play prominently involved in your league and I'm ready for it. I think that's what I would feel more than anything, but any thoughts here on Manzel and Josh Gordon being back, I have to say like in terms of a publicity stunt, it caught my eye. I'm happy to see Josh Gordon there. I did see some of the Johnny Manziel highlights and I don't know. I know if you're a co-host, maybe you've dug in a little bit more, but have you seen any of the fan controlled football where it's like, I think a 50 yard field and it just, it it looks like arena football, but in a way that's like, I don't even know, like any given Sunday kind of rip off version of arena football.
0: Yeah, no, I saw some of the clips. It looks fun. I think I would need for me to, it's like, I assume you're the same way to get interested in any of this. I need some level of gambling on it, whether it's DFS sports betting or do they have lines sports betting lines for this right
1: now? I don't think, at least not that I've seen, uh, Actually, let, let's see, let's take a quick look and see if they're out there, but I, I don't think so. They definitely don't have DFS, but that, that really, for me, if I were a starting league, and this is my advice to the XFL, having your data readily available, having those partnerships where the XFL did have the DraftKings and FanDuel part, but they didn't have like a stats page that worked the right way, you could export it and build projections in a, a logical way. Like, I agree. I think the easiest pathway you have to engagement for any of these leagues is just having betting and having data that's available so people can bet and feel like, especially the sharper guys out there, like, as they'll influence, they'll talk about it, they'll do all that stuff, you know, us included, obviously, but even more high profile guys. Like, I think you get there if you just have action out there and you have ways for them to feel smart about the action they're getting.
0: Yeah. And I've, I think Top Shot has really crystallized this for me. And I kind of always knew it, but I, I enjoy the, the platforms in the games and the gambling and speculation around sports way more than I do sports themselves. Like if I stopped playing fantasy, if I stopped collecting digital gifts, um, I wouldn't watch that many sports. Like I would legit be the guy who watches some playoff games, watches the super bowl, you know, a couple Olympic events. Like I, I just don't think I love sports at my core to just watch them without anything going on. And I think A lot of people are, that's now super tangled up for people, but I do really think if I stripped all of that stuff away, um, even making content, like if you you took all that away, like I'm just not going to be the guy that's watching a random golf major on a Sunday afternoon. That's just not who I am.
1: Yeah, I think that was actually something where I had had, a, like, at some point during my my sojourn away from whatever, do, doing splash play every week, but just trying to figure out where I was doing career-wise. I uh, saw a job listing for the premier lacrosse league, I think, and my pitch is just like, look, I understand fantasy really well, and I think if you guys had fantasy and betting and had it easily accessible, like, I think yeah, you're going to have lacrosse fans, kids who grew up on the East Coast who play lacrosse, like, yeah, I'm sure they'll watch the league sometimes, but what you really want is just people to, who are on social media, who are betting on DraftKings, who are betting on whatever sports book who are playing DFS like to me that's something like I would certainly not watch the PLL now but if you told me hey Saturday afternoons PLL's got 50k up top in a tournament like yeah I, I would check it out just because why not like it's there's probably an edge there and I think people would invest the time to try to find that edge
0: Yeah. And I've caught myself, you know, I forget this was, this was a couple of years ago we were with a bunch of friends and just hanging out and someone had a college football game on and I don't watch a ton of college football. And instead of just being able to like sit there, have my conversations, drink a beer and just enjoy the game in the background, I had to like go to my account and place a bet on the live line. (laughs) I was like, I need a little, I need a little sweat with this. Now we're teetering
1: on sickness.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's what I realized. Like it, it, it was just like if if this has to be on, like the only way I can engage with this sports is if I have something on it. <laughs>
1: I, I think we're revealing more <laughs> like, I could watch a game and not feel invested but I do think like if I'm watching basketball in a day like I'm not going to hang out and watch basketball if I didn't play the slate because yeah like I like games like I, I love watching basketball but for this point for me like it just feels like I'm losing money then even if I would have not made money like it feels like oh I, I could have potentially done that but I I, but I I do like that you're just like hey yeah this this uh, James Madison football game I need to get in I need to bet on Ben DiNucci <laughs> before he hits the big time well and, and I mean, in top shots doing that for me now
0: where, um, I still love even doing like NBA showdown DFS, but it takes some time. Like it'll probably take me 45 minutes to an hour to like get everything set up, make sure I feel good with the stuff where now sometimes I've been so busy where I will throw on a game and being like, oh yeah, I own one tenth of a Nikola Jokic cosmic. I want to watch the nuggets right now where, but my reason for watching it is being like, I hope Jokic does good. I hope his stock continues to rise. And that's the reason I watch.
1: So we we now have a graceful transition to talk about Top Shot, but I did have one headline that I'm just going to read out loud yeah. because it made me laugh. Uh, personable, and this is in quotation marks, personable Bill Belichick impresses at NFL women's careers and football forum. And there was like a whole article about Belichick doing a, a Zoom interview for, for ladies, which to be clear is a good thing. But I just thought it was funny that this is like the headline they went with like, oh yeah, he's personable. And it's like noteworthy enough that we have to put that review up top for Bill Belichick and um, great to see more women in coaching, but Bill Belichick being personable, not the first adjective I think would come up no it doesn't but uh, I'm glad Bill is having a productive offseason Yeah, he's zooming with the ladies out there, hopefully not doing anything creepy, but that's, that's, you know, that's always a risk when you're zooming with the ladies. Keep your pants on. Uh, Let's talk about Top Shot here. So uh, over the last week, so basically one of the drops I tried to get on there and I'll give my background and then just sort of where I am with it. And then Pete can chime in with his world of expertise, though. I have to say, Pete, I did observe now that I'm following the Top Shot's handle. They're promoting one other podcast a lot, and I'm not seeing any Club Top Shot promo unless I've missed something.
0: You might've missed something. We were literally embedded on their home screen during the pack drop. Were you?
1: Wow. I, okay. So I was hosting the, the, the official pack stream on their own. Were you? The- okay. Well, yeah. so I, so I guess I, I lost my angle there. <laughs> they, they were posting whatever the other one is. That's getting like a For, lot first of. Mint. First men is good. Uh, yeah, that's it. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, it's they it's no, it's, it's funny too, because someone in my discord, they posted like, um like top, top shot, like informational Twitter follows. And they are like, Peter, are you jealous that you're on that? I'm like, no, because I've never tweeted out anything helpful or informative about Top Chat. In like, my no life. One, no <laughs> one would ever put me on it NFL DFS. Like, I think my videos are... Uh, Informational, but I don't think my
1: any of my Twitter content has ever helped anyone. I didn't realize so like I, it's funny because like I only check the live feed for Twitter. I never check the top posts, so like I'll miss a lot of the stuff that you do if I'm not like paying active attention, which does happen a lot of the time of me just staring at Excel spreadsheets throughout the day trying to figure out NBA things. But I didn't realize that you were that there. I did have people who were telling me in a, in the Osmo shows because I mentioned I was trying to get a pack, and they're like, "Well, why doesn't Pete give you the hookup?" And I I agree, Pete. I feel like if you know I have I have an audience too. Give me some fucking pack and shit (laughs) yeah you
0: know i i think um my my actual influencer perks for top shot so far have been uh, a month ago, I got two $9 base packs when Jacob from Top Shot came on. That's that's all I've ever received. But they did reach out to us. They are fans of Club Top Shot. And they said, hey, we're going to have this you know, marathon pack release, which it sounds like you were a part of. Uh, do you want to come and entertain and, and do a show Why that's going on? So we simulcasted their Twitch account, which they had embedded on there. So it was, uh, uh, it was fun okay. on Saturday. Yeah.
1: I had that window open for quite a bit, but didn't see you. I saw JaVale McGee telling me about the importance of... <laughs> VFTs and how um it's like I think his explanation was like it's like a real card, but also it's digital. <laughs> it's like, Dude, yep, that's, that's a good way to put it.
0: I gotta tell you a funny story about that JaVale McGee uh, clip on there because um, you know, like me, there's a lot of people getting into Top Shot that don't know the NBA well. I will admit I I knew I do know who JaVale McGee is. Uh, but someone screenshotted that uh, video when it first went up on the Top Shot website in my Discord, and they're like whoa, and they weren't doing a bit. They go, whoa, that's cool. They're putting fans on the front page now. And someone goes, bud, that's JaVale McGee. <laughs> I mean, he seemed
1: like a big fan too. Yeah.
0: I yeah. got so you're getting uh, lots of people coming into the market uh who are not NBA
1: thought leaders like yourself, Specs. No, and it, it sucks because like I, it's there are things too where like I wanted to buy like a Jeremy Grant card because he was going against the Kings and I was like, Oh, I think he's gonna do have a nice game against the Kings. But then his cards were all common ones, and I was like, I'm not gonna pay 10 grand speculatively on a Jeremy Grant top shot. Like that's not that's not where my heart is. My heart is in getting the packs, and I actually tweeted at Pete because I know you got your uh the poll for what was whatever that, that fancy boy pack was uh like last week. Week. And yeah. I had gotten one that was like, I think the lowest out of anybody I saw on the, on the Osmo premium slack or on Twitter, where I drew 175,000th in line <laughs> in that <laughs> drop and couldn't be further away from even getting a chance.
0: Yeah. They, um, the interest is through the roof, uh, right now uh, doing an interesting thing with this one where we don't get those packs for, it looks like a couple weeks. Uh, so are you
1: still, you, you have secured the pack, but you don't have any moments you've bought in the marketplace so far. No, so yeah, I have the pack that's reserved, and I guess comes out. I think n- this week or next week, whenever that's supposed to be. the The pre order one is one that yeah. I got. Where basically, if you as long as you stayed there long enough and <laughs> and didn't leave the window, like you got one. So I got the the oh good, you get a pack
0: pack. <laughs> yeah, they got a you know that you're you're the target demo. You know they got to just get your beak wet here. And then uh, then you'll be in here. Has it has it taken over like the Osimo internal communication, Slack? Like is it all anyone's talking about over there
1: or? So some of the guys are like, I think Alex has a, an account that's worth like 500 K now to a million yeah. somewhere in that range. And, um, but he's also like, he was buying like chem Birch ones at some point and like buying all sorts of these random assholes. So I, I don't know what the strategy was there, but I know a lot of the guys have made money off of it. One of the, one of our hockey guys actually got in on whatever that premium pack was drop and then had, I think like, like got like three really nice cards out of it. So some of the guys have made money off of it, but there is like a premium Slack channel too with people. I'm sure just, you know, like your discord or like some some the other discords out there. And um, I, I I still don't really get it. Like I don't get the appeal of it. I do get though that I should have done it, you know, probably four weeks ago. might've been smart.
0: <laughs> well, step one is we need you to start calling them moments and not cards. Uh, I went through that evolution. I called them cards for like two weeks, but I got it out of my system. Uh, this is actually an interesting question from Jason. If there ever is NFL top shots or something like it, will it lower the value of NFL DFS content I don't know necessarily what he means by value, but I do think as Spags knows uh, sites go where the money is. Mm -hmm. And if there ends up being more money in top shot content and more interest, like you probably will see sites pivot to that. You've kind of seen it a little bit with sports betting. Now that sports betting has been legalized sites are focusing on it more. I don't think DFS has necessarily suffered because of uh, D or because of sports betting. But I think it's an interesting question to see, If this becomes such a dominant way that people interact with sports, um, I don't think DFS is going
1: anywhere, but it could lose some market share, do you think? So I don't think, so I've always gone the other way with it. And I think also this is a pretty good chat by Lou. And then I feel like a a clever Pete style chat. JJ is on the cards. Top shot is on moments. So that's, that is one way to differentiate and tie it all together. Um, I think the thing for me is that people thought really, and I think it's, we still haven't seen legalized betting in every state here in California. It's been a nightmare to get through because the the tribal casinos are so powerful and don't want to give up any (laughs) inch at all possible, unless they're getting their beaks wet as much as possible, which you get, that's going to be the case in a lot of States out there, but there is definitely concern. That I know from high level DFS people out there who are like, oh, DFS is gonna die because of betting. And I've only seen DFS like the viewership for Osmo streams. Granted, it's a company and you spend more time, more viewers come. But those, those have only gone up. And there are also enough fantasy sites out there that are getting, you know, 1k views a stream that I think the DFS market's bigger based on what I can sense. And I don't, I don't have the numbers to back that up. But I think it's sort of like you just have people investing in these things, and I think they're more likely to move horizontally. So, like if there weren't NFL top shots, like, hey, I need to be doing that day one instead of being like, oh, I don't know, this bubble's going to burst <laughs> and, I, and then me not making any money off of it. But B, I think it just sort of drums up overall interest for everything where like I think people who are betting NFL want to play DFS more because they're like, oh, I actually can control this a little bit more and it's sort of a similar process. And then people are playing top shots or who are getting whatever NFL top shot would be like, oh yeah, like I understand this now. I understand why the market's moving here. So maybe I'll try DFS or I'll try betting more. I think they all go hand in hand with people just, you know, probably losing money long-term, but still investing their money and hopefully making a return on it.
0: Yeah. I, I think it, I think it's interesting because it almost combines, you know, obviously you have the people who like physical sports cards and I know there's lots of people that even trade like the penny cards and stuff um, and enjoy doing that. And then, uh, and then obviously you have DFS, I think with the, with the frictionless nature of how easy it is to flip moments that it could kind of replace a little bit of it. It's where you're getting like the stock market and like the daily aspect of it for people. Um, Although one thing that is now coming up and I'll give a plug here uh, because I'm going to do a show with a DFS tax accountant uh, Mm. tonight. Uh, Everyone's talking about the tax implications for Top Shot, which is they're going to be massive. It's, It's like the equivalent of, if you were trying to day trade Top Shot, like you play Daily Fantasy, well, Daily Fantasy, it's just your one aggregate profit number at the end of the year. Right now it's looking like every single trade you make is a taxable event. So maybe in that capacity, like unless that tax law gets straightened out, I mean, it's not going to be near as lucrative to day trade top shots as it would be to be successful at daily fantasy.
1: Well, yeah, because you're not having any long term holding. Because that was something like I, I did my my Ethereum and my Bitcoin when I sold those off a couple couple years ago. I guess um, I, you know, I did it the right way, where like Coinbase gave you a way to export. I did see that Top Shots not giving out 10.99, so you're going to have to have some sort of, um, like some way to export things and get it going. But yeah, I mean, a you know, making sure that you're being aware of the stuff is important because uh, the IRS will not be like, oh, cool moment, man. They're <laughs> not going to be like, oh, it's awesome. They want their share of whatever you're selling things for. Um. So I agree like it's smart move by you doing that and I think I saw people having some 1099 issues with draftkings. I haven't even looked yet for uh for get that process for me yet but um yeah I think it's it's interesting and it is it's going to be a lot closer to crypto I think the DFS in terms of tax wise where um if you have a moment for you know 3 years then you're not paying you're getting the long term capital gains but nobody's going to have moments for 3 years so you're just getting taxed out the ass.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate. I feel like uh, obviously I'm biased, but it seems like it should work just like DFS does where like at the end of the year, like whatever your profits are, you know, flipping stuff, you pay taxes on that, that profits at a, at a set rate, but not having like every single event being a taxable event. I, it just seems like a completely
1: laborious, uh, yeah. task. <laughs> yeah. definitely seems like it's stifling innovation away. That's not the best, but, um, Steven Leibovitz in the chat, by the way, saying, and I saw this too, a Luca one of one Panini signed rookie just sold for over $4 million. And I was actually going to make a crack about, uh, you know, Bill Simmons, our ongoing rivalry on this podcast that even though he's one of the most influential guys I've found to my, my career path and wanting to do certain things with, with life. Um, I now I'm just going to be mean to him on this show just to try to get his attention and then get our fame levels up. But Bill Simmons, like for, the ringer they launched like uh, a traditional trading card show within the last month and it to me what like and i'm sure there's a logic to that like clearly the market's going up for all these things but i just thought it was such a classic like bill simmons ringer thing where he's like oh yeah like i like rookie cards and they're coming out (laughs) and then like and then he's like hey god hey god your your bill simmons impersonation is cartman
0: uh no that's more like, hey guys hey So that's, it, it, was very, in the voice. it was a very south parky impersonation i liked it
1: well i, I don't know that i could ever do it again but it, it had a moment <laughs> 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 um but no like i thought it was funny that he puts out this show that's like oh yeah get like the old school trading cards while top shots are going off and your podcast is a top 50 podcast in the country and this uh, this other top shot podcast <laughs> the, the one that pete mentioned is like another top 10 podcast like and he's like no we got to talk about old school trading cards like don't even mention top shot nobody cares the funniest thing to me about this,
0: like, these sales for the physical cards isn't the price, which I know people, whatever, like people determine value the market determines value whatever I don't care but what's funny to me is these people when they have these multi-million dollar cards they have to have them in safety deposit boxes like locked in vaults at banks and to go enjoy their card there was a photo of the guy who i think had the michael jordan ones and he shows up with the security guards he sets them on the table and it's it's like he's doing like a conjugal visit he just like <laughs> gets like 10 minutes with them and like looks at them and then leaves and whenever anyone makes fun of like the digital moment stuff I'm like at least I can Look at that, whatever I want. If I had a super valuable card and I had to go bring security guards to look at it once a month for 10 minutes, that's where we're getting on insanity.
1: Like, even the comic books too, where they have to be like in the cellophane wrapped bags, and then you can't even open them and can't even read the comic book that you just you know spent ungodly amounts on. And I'm sure it's not as much of a thing now where people, you know, can look at a PDF form of Superman 101 or whatever. But I don't know, I just think like, I it's funny and I agree. Like, I think some of the the moment stuff where people are like, Oh, it's stupid, I'm paying for a gift. Like, I don't think it's any more stupid or less stupid than card collecting, but um, you know, that's different strokes for different folks, and um, and some people just want to touch a card behind Seven layers of, of condom hand wrapping or whatever it may be.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And we, we're not going to turn this into a full NFT show, but you now see some music artists who are selling, you know, NFTs of their LPs, you know, people yeah. can own, um, a part of it and just like, I think everything is obviously inflated right now. We're in a huge like bull market. Most of these projects aren't going to be worth near what they are today in in two or three years. However, I think the thing about cutting out the middleman for creators um, and allowing fans to directly invest in them or support in the, them without having, you know, Spotify, like think about how much money a musician makes on Spotify. It's like pennies on thousands and thousands of downloads. You can start to cut those out and give your super fans something of value that's scarce and get compensated more in line with the time and the effort you're putting in. So I'm I'm enjoying the concept of this paradigm shift right now, even if it's completely out of control right now.
1: This is one of the things, yeah, Lou in the chat talking about the 3 Lao NFT yeah. uh, thing, which that's the one I was thinking of too. I saw, yes. was it ultraviolet one for 33 million or something? Yeah, I was listening to it the other night. I'd actually never listened to his music and uh, I, I did enjoy it yeah so i mean it's i think this is the one thing where like this kind of i mean theoretically could benefit guys like us who are doing we're grinding on content and doing that stuff more than like i think OnlyFans is like a really big thing you know it sounds like a joke we're talking about it but like that was a big thing for women being able to like commoditize yeah. like their sexuality or whatever and i think this is one where it's like ah nfts are just for the fellas like <laughs> we could we finally have our OnlyFans and it's in the terms of, of blockchain gifts and what was the fucking abraham whatever thing uh the crypto punk sold for 1.5 million. Like, I, I I, don't get it. I don't get us buying these things, but more power to them.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, prices are crazy right now. Definitely uh, be smart. I, I was talking about how I hope we start to get more entry level stuff where like if you want to buy and that's kind of why Top Shot was fun for a little while there because you could get a moment for three dollars. It's right. like, okay, this is pretty low risk. You can get a feel for how it works. That's how I got a feel for Bitcoin, you know, putting it on some poker sites and some sports betting sites. And I was like, this seems really weird and it was scary, but just like putting $50 on and sending it around it was like, okay, I kind of understand how this works. So I think right now it feels inaccessible to a lot of people, even to me, because sending moving ETH around, spending large sums of money on things that you don't necessarily fully understand, that's that's risky. So I'm I'm hopeful that things get more easy and there's more entry level points to support creators. Um, because I think about it with both music I like and artists. Like I have this Japanese artist who's like my favorite. He's the, that's the poster over there, the Hiroshi Nagai. Oh. And like I, like, I bought that, but I can't find his stuff because it's all in Japan. This was like a US label did like a one print. But like, if he had NFTs, like where I could like give back to him, I would give him money. Like I would give him a thousand dollars to have one of his pieces just to support him. Cause I love his stuff. And right now, because we're on opposite sides of the globe, there's like not actually an easy way to do that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. And uh, yeah, I one of coincidentally, one of my favorite artists who I used to get art from actually, I think uh, you, uh, I don't want to fuck the camera up too much. But I think you could see it. Oh, yeah. Over here, this James Dean painting Parvez Taj um is a guy who I used to like a lot when I was younger and now his art's at Wayfair. So I feel like oh, <laughs> he sold out. <laughs> he completely sold out. But I like I'm like good for you. Like I think it's cool like that James Dean painting is one of my favorite things I've bought, but at the same time um yeah, like that's that's the other side of it where he's perhaps he's too available now.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was like uh, you know, I was I was in you know, indie rock. I was I'd been a music snob for a long time and then I then it started to get commercialized, right? Like you'd hear it in the Apple uh, commercials. That I remember going into the gap one day and hearing a bell and Sebastian song. And I was like, no, 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 this is supposed to be a band just for my headphones, my, my earbuds. <laughs> I'm not supposed to hear this at the gap. Uh, so it, all, all the good stuff,
1: uh, gets commercialized at some point. Yeah, the hipster music out there. You got to be willing to let them go. And same thing for artists, I guess. And now we got time here. Pete's got a hard out at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern. So we're going to make sure we get out a little bit before that. But it's show and tell time. And Pete, I know you said you have multiple items. I only brought one. So if you have multiples you want to do, or we can just do this regularly, new one a week. It's up to you. But if you're going to do multiple, I feel like you should go first.
0: Yeah, well, one has a little bit more of a story. The other one was just simple. I had found uh I have this box with a bunch of just like random ephemera from my stuff. And I did find a high school graduation photo. Uh, so this was just a quick one. I
1: thought I would uh I would get there. <laughs> and I did, okay. Like, you got a young Zachary Ty Bryan from Home Improvement kind of <laughs> like going there.
0: Yeah, so that's uh that would have been Spring of 2005,
1: I believe. Here is that like a photo shoot you did? Yes, for,
0: okay. like graduation photo shoot, my mom okay. had me do. Um, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, and then so my my proper show and tell here it doesn't look like much until I flip it here. Um, this was uh, when I was at school in, uh, in San Diego, uh, I had this on campus job there, and one of my bosses, her husband, played high school baseball with David Wells. And every like 10 years or five years, they have some kind of reunion where a bunch of them come back, they play like a game and then they go out for drinks or whatever. And they ended up being at the same bar that we were at that was like by our school. And she invites me over this this lady, nice lady, Robin. And she's like, hey, meet David Wells. And she was like, you know, I have a conversation. She's like, do you want his autograph? I'm like, "Like sure. Like, I guess. And so he he gave me an autograph on a napkin from the bar there. It says to Peter Best wishes, David Wells. So that's how I have uh, my David Wells autograph on a bar napkin. I'm surprised it doesn't have
1: like chicken wing sauce. (laughs) I'm surprised I still have it, honestly. (laughs) I had um one one signed thing from Christy Brinkley back in the day because she did some event that I had got invited to because I was like good at school then. You never guess it now. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I got something and it was like she signed like the program for the event and I did, like that. I don't even know where it possibly be, because I just like I don't care at all about an autograph. Like to me, it's like oh cool. Like I remember meeting Christy Brinkley when I was a little kid yeah. and being like wow she's really hot. Or <laughs> besides that, like just I'll always have the memories of. Uh, I don't even think I jerked off to Christy Brinkley, so I don't have the memories of that. But <laughs> uh
0: well, I was. T- to Your point, like back then I didn't I didn't have an iPhone, I didn't have a cell phone, uh with a with a camera on it. I'm always like pro f- I would want a photo over an autograph, yes. like every time. But we like I didn't have anything, it's just like, uh, how do I end this conversation? You want his autograph? Uh, sure, on a on a napkin here.
1: Gotta give Paul V credit for the, the chat here. The brick wall behind you looks like a hand build. So that's what that's Pete's been representing that hand build life since it's teen years. Back. I wasn't was sure in-
0: what they were referencing. There we go. Yeah, that is uh that's, that's authentic. It honestly, kind of but... now
1: that I'm seeing that wall more, it looks like you were like a war torn Eastern European country where it's like, oh, this is where the bomb hit <laughs> in, so- <laughs> in Sokovia. <laughs> Things really took a turn. Yeah. You know, it's distressed, uh, boutique photo backgrounds. So I also brought a photo and this is one that I, I, I have honestly still around because it's framed, but this is from my high school senior year. Um, I think you can guess which one is me. But you can see these are this hey, is my my winning team. Uh, we won the I forget what division, the Empire Division of the Ivy League prep schools in New York City. And there I am with a do rag looking Hey, my, my cheekbones look fantastic in this photo. But this was after our homecoming game. We didn't have a game at our actual hang Hey, God, I
0: think your ring light is getting in the way. Yep. Which which one are you?
1: I'm the one in the do rag up top. Oh, six. Uh,
0: <laughs> what's your number?
1: Uh I am I think nineteen thirty-nine in that one. Yeah, thirty nine. Okay.
0: All right. Yeah. I see.
1: So, so that is that is me again, verifiable proof that I was a star athlete, as you can tell by me wearing a do-rag and being white. I think that's Wow, really-
0: It's it's <laughs> nice to know you were doing problematic uh appropriations even back in uh in high school.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's my, uh, honestly the best football year that our team had had since the sixties. So, um, though granted I'd, I actually had many issues in high school football because the coach would call me pretty boy and would mock me. And for my lack of effort and granted junior, especially, I wasn't putting in the best effort possible, but that's, but the do rag, I think really brought me back. I was a special teams ace my senior year. I've been there when I worked at a Buffalo
0: wild wings, uh, one summer, like, uh, a a lot of the guys would call me sunshine the character from uh you know remember the tights because i had my long blonde hair so uh i know what it's like to be called uh something along those lines
1: also, I, I know we went to the back to the small screens, but this guy right here, this Asian kid was our, uh, so this, this Asian kid was our QB yeah. and, um, he was like really good at baseball, but I feel like if I had like dedicated myself to being a QB instead of a wide receiver DB, not, not the fleetest of foot, but I've always had great arm accuracy. I'm pretty sure I would have been starting over. him. even like, I would have been a real, like all moxie, like old Philip rivers, except like 17. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is why you love backup quarterbacks so much. Is because you self-identify as one. It's true. I, I honestly, my dream in life would be to go back and be a high school QB because I think I can make it to college levels just based off of like my my IQ and my EQ. Uh, maybe not so much arm strength. I'm no I'm no Josh Allen. That much I can agree. But well, you want a guy who's going to complete five yard outs and then also run for four yards sporadically. I'm your guy.
0: Well, there you go. We're we're now doing the back in high school show. Back in (laughs) high school, Spags used to be able to throw a football a quarter mile. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah i mean honestly people you'd have to go into another town in new york <laughs> City to find the football but well, there's our first show and tell and then as we mentioned earlier no show next week so no show no tell but also uh we'll be back the week after with the nfl show maybe another round of show and tell we'll figure out uh, honestly we're gonna have so much time i think dedicated to doing all of our all of our various gms and bits and all those things but pete give the people any plugs for the stuff you're doing before you get this little sojourn for yourself to enjoy life with your beautiful wife.
0: Yeah. So tonight I'm going to record that tax accountant, uh, show, uh, not doing that live, but it'll probably be posted later tonight. And, uh, I did put out a tweet. If people have questions about that, I was still taking questions so I can pass along to him. Uh, tomorrow, I think we're going to do a club top shot Wednesday. We'll have the usual
1: lulls and ship chasing, and then I'm out. Then I'm taking a bit of a break and um i yeah i don't have any shows for the nba all-star break but this week i apparently have a bunch i'm moving around because one of our guys had a baby uh lafay if anybody follows the osmo content so tweet him some some well wishes i guess but just watch the osmo channels because i'll be popping up a bunch on there we appreciate all you guys for watching again subscribe to the channel stay tuned to the at splash play pod handle because all the details about our next show will be on there whenever it hits we appreciate all you guys for watching so have a great week and spend your money on those nfts wisely bye guys <laughs> Thank <music> you.